Hey, this is Burke. And I swear sometimes, so listener discretion is advised. And I'm officially back. Hi, everybody. I hope you guys had a decent time while I was away. Life found a way to be extra hectic for me, but you know what? We're here, and in today's episode, we're actually going to talk about raising the stakes during your campaign. Throughout your campaign, this is probably going to happen a handful of times. And you'll probably have one additional one right before the end, where the campaign feels a lot more dire than it did beforehand. And not every time it's going to be like this big, massive thing. And your party will resolve these issues as they go, so everything will kind of normalize. Now, there's ways to steadily increase your stakes and make it more dangerous and more hectic because of how your party is handling things. There's an analogy where you put a frog in a pot and increase the temperature steadily and he won't freak out and he'll actually die in the pot. Or versus you turn it up too fast, too quickly, he'll go, oh crap, and he'll jump out of the water. That analogy actually works really well for this because you can turn up the difficulty or increase the stakes steadily and the party will just have to adapt as they go, but it won't be such an abrupt thing as if you know, a scenario just drastically changes the world all at once. Now, this is for you to decide where to put them in your game. It could be the halfway point, it could be a quarter point, or it could be an end towards a major quest chain. So in today's episode, I'm actually going to build a couple of these scenarios that kind of address this a little bit, and you might get some ideas from them. And if not, you can kind of get an idea how to implement them into your game. Let's say your world has this great hunt that happens every once in a century, and it's happening right now. The party, much like everybody else, is participating in this. And because of this event, there is death on a massive scale, at least to wildlife or monsters that there never has been previously in, well, since the last century. Now, an intelligent monster, especially if they're long lived, is gonna know to, oh crap, this is happening, I'm going to go hide this could easily disrupt its food supply. Now, if this is a long-lived creature, let's see, fine, I'll just make it a dragon. Let's make it easy and make it a dragon. And let's go ahead and make it, let's make it an ancient. I don't want to go Great Worm quite yet. Great Worm is like an end game, end game thing. I'm not saying ancient isn't, but adult doesn't really fit this so much. They could sustain off of smaller amounts of food. Let's go with a ancient dragon that's going to need to consume a lot of food or we could avoid the food angle entirely. Maybe the adventurers have disrupted the mating habits of the dragons as well. Maybe they've disrupted a place the dragons leave their eggs. Maybe they have killed a bunch of whelps. And because of this, maybe it's threatening just how the dragons function in their society. Now with dragons, we're talking about a very intelligent creature. So it could very well be very vindictful while it's doing this, or it could be very tactful how it's doing this. You're like, okay, well, if you're going to disrupt my food supply, I can disrupt your food supply. And I know with it being this age, I often give them spellcasting levels and usually has polymorph. So it can easily figure out where, let's say, places of learning, hospitals, stores, government are. And this dragon could easily wipe out each one of those. This is a good example of the fast burn. This is the, oh crap, everything is bad all at once. Now, taking out the dragon stops the immediate threat but it doesn't fix the damages that have already happened. Now we could easily replace the dragon with raiders for a low level campaign, especially if they're big enough and they are messing with the supply chain. It could cause a lot of problems. 
Now, it would eventually ramp up to being a bad thing, but all at once it wouldn't be as noticeable. It's kind of like what we've gone through the last couple years, where we notice certain scarcities with certain items. And at times, art definitely imitates life, and this is kind of a good example for this. Though I'm not saying supply chain issues can't be a immediate threat as well, though. Let's rewind to something I said a couple months ago. Let's look at that cyberpunk fantasy world, and let's talk about the raiders that took over the dam. And let's say they stopped the water from flowing. For a lot of these cities, this is the only flow of water they're getting. So now this is time sensitive, in more than one way. Let's say the dam isn't really designed to hold back all of the water all at once. It needs to relieve water to stay functional. Let's say this thing is old and it hasn't been updated. So not only is it time sensitive in the people will run out of water, it's time sensitive because the dam will break and it will flood out the cities. A threat of war is also kind of a slow burn at times as well. The armies around your nation might be closing in around you and that is causing more and more chaos through the land. The other thing is the army is also pushing people further into your country because of all this happening. Because of this is creating political unrest. It's also bringing up different concerns, whether it be humanitarian issues or war type issues. They both exist. This one might actually be a good angle if you're running a more political focused game because you deal with the repercussions of these people being basically refugees in your kingdom. Your party might be trying to get them to do the right thing and take in the refugees and help them out, but maybe there's other politicians that are against that. A great scenario to actually raise the stakes for your campaign actually is introducing the villain or even just having the villain accomplish their plans. With doing it with a villain, you're going to need to kind of make a checklist of everything your villain wants to accomplish. And I'll add that this list should be reasonable items, things that they can actually achieve on a short-term basis as well as a long-term basis. Yes, your mustache twirling villain is going to eventually have world domination at the top of it, but for them to be more and more successful, they need a bunch of small victories to hold up that big victory. Now your party's not necessarily going to know what all his checklist is. They should know some of it though. So every two, maybe three things the party is able to somewhat stop or stop completely, the villain might actually succeed in something else somewhere else. And for everything the villain actually succeeds in should be felt in the world, whether it raises the stakes a little bit or a lot. 15 small victories can definitely outweigh one large victory. Now, I'm not saying set your party up for failure. It doesn't feel good when you do it that way. And you shouldn't stop your party from succeeding wherever they try. Sometimes a decision needs to be made where the party can go, okay, we can't be in two places at once. Let's try to do this like this. And sometimes they're going to have to choose. Or maybe they send their friends to do the other one. And maybe the friends came in there too late. Maybe they came there on time. Maybe their friends are killed off. Maybe it's a partial success. Maybe the villain set up a trap and lures the party to go do something else and he ends up doing another thing entirely. Or maybe the, the party thinks, okay, that can't be the real one. Why would he go take over that small village that's out in the middle of nowhere? And they think that's the ruse. But in reality, there's a weapon of mass power hidden in the catacombs beneath the city. Or maybe it's not a weapon. Maybe it's the phylactery of a long forgotten lich that's this person's right-hand man. We'll go ahead and keep this episode pretty short. 
it's not rocket science with this, but a lot of times you need to be careful how often you do this. This needs to be in sections of times of your game where it really feels right to do. And only you can really fail your game out for this. Do you have a more slow burn type game? Or do you have more, let's put, crank the boil up real quick and have that frog jump out of it? One of the biggest things is you want to be careful of how much it is your party moving from crisis to crisis to crisis. Yes, this is a game about fighting monsters, but sometimes your party can de-escalate things by rerouting a river, feeding the populace, going after a corrupt politician who's increasing the cost of everything. Alright, I hope you enjoyed the subject matter for this episode. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to talk about when I first came back, but this felt like a good one to talk about. The next episode, I actually know what I'm going to talk about. We're going to talk about XP versus Milestone. And I believe I'm going to be posting that episode on the 6th of March. And we're returning to that every other week. If I find time for character builders, we're going to be making some character builders on the side. I found a nice Pathfinder 2nd Edition app which lets you build characters. If you're looking to fiddle around with a character builder app, it's called Path Builder 2E. Also, not a sponsor. I've got my hands on it, and I was able to, like, sort of put a character together. I need to learn how to build characters again through Pathfinder. But it has access to all the resources, so all the feats, all the character options, and it even has some third-party options. I've been fiddling around with it on my tablet, which I found the other day, so that's been good, and I've been reading through a lot of the new books I have my hands on since I have them in PDF. It also has the option to print out the character sheet with all the information added to it, so that's actually pretty rad too. So the Talor campaign should be coming back soonish. I'm not exactly sure what the date is going to be, but we should know by the end of next episode or if not the episode after that. Some non-normal outro stuff. I'm looking into some software to allow me to have a guest on the show. It may take a little bit to figure it out, but an opportunity might have presented itself to have a different avenue than I was expecting. If you're in the Discord, you kind of know about it. I also want to get a couple DMs onto the show to talk about the DM problem episode that I wanted to talk about. Also, I kind of want to get a couple different DMs on the show to talk about some of their processes as well. All right, back to normal outro stuff. As a reminder, we have a Discord. And if you can't tell by the last couple mini episodes, I haven't really been pushing the social media so much. I just kind of lost the interest in having it. I have considered getting an Instagram and posting mini pictures and like small video blogs on certain topics. I'm not made of time. I'm working my butt off right now and it's very difficult for me to get this extra time. So just kind of interesting thought. Link for that as well as the other socials are in the description below. And lastly, if you enjoyed the episode, if you could tell a friend about it, that'd be awesome. And thank you so much for making it to the end of the episode and I'll catch you on the next one.